Check, check, check. How's that? Sounds good. All right. All right, let's do this, boys. Let's do it. Get my shit in front of me here. Where are my buttons at? This week on the Media Virus Podcast, California, America's test deck for extreme left ideology, has banned suspension of students for willful defiance, proving once again that the last reasonable thought within the state was used up to legalize cannabis. Mail-order giant Amazon has deployed a test group of humanoid robots to see if they can keep them from unionizing. 81-year-old actor Richard Roundtree is a dead mother... Shut your mouth! But I'm talking about Shaft. In the B block, we discuss home records and coffee notes. In the C block, it's a visit to the TikTok nonsense corner, and we get a report from our laboratory at the U of V with JTT number 62 on this 155th episode of the Media Virus Podcast. It's the Media Virus Podcast. Let's point and laugh at the world burning around us with executive producer Mike Latouris. We're going to start over. BBC correspondent Stanley McFadden. Makes me tingly in an unfamiliar way. Grease Monkey Pete. Damn, Big Daddy. Here's the thing about the Media Virus Podcast. It's really well done. And now, spreading the sage nihilism of an aged Gen Xer, your host and mine, the star of our show, the incomparable Maddie Rock Death. <laughs> Hot damn, do we have a show for you people this week? I am Maddie Rock Death, the maddiest of all Rock Deaths, and proof positive that anyone can have podcasts. Speaking of, welcome to the Media Virus Podcast. Please like, subscribe, follow, and share. I want to take a minute to thank all the new subscribers for their support, whether it's on YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or if you're just checking us out on TheMediaVirus.com, thank you. And as always, you can give us a call here at 646-VIRUS-01. That's 646-VIRUS-01. You might make it on the show. Who knows? Um, all right. I went through that. <laughs> <laughs> like, who are you? I was doing my best to, like, Wolfman Matt. <laughs> uh, okay. Wolf, but man, uh I, I was kind of thinking i like want to dig in like a little bit to the first story because uh yeah you know, i've been thinking about the words like willful disobedience yeah and it makes me it makes me think of all the times like i've you know, done I've anything suspended from school oh, okay you know what i mean like okay. we have been told many times you know not to yell out the bus windows at people sure and you know we were all told a million times that we should respect our elders yeah uh, so when I called the gym teacher in eighth grade a pedophile, as we, as we pulled away, I screamed it out the window. Right. Uh, I was being willfully disobedient. I mean, you know, but to be honest, the word pedophile was not coming out of everyone's mouth every twelve minutes back in nineteen. No, it wasn't. It was. It was more. Uh, it was a more serious allegation at the time. No, but I didn't use the word pedophile either. Oh. No, Would I you- called him a fat child molesting f word. Oh, okay. The F word, like uh, you were asking for someone in England for a cigarette. Oh, you understand? Fun fact. Wow. Fun fact: I got fired from a job for what was called willful misconduct. <laughs> that doesn't surprise so, me. 
<laughs> I, I proved I proved in arbitration that that was not the case, and I got my uh, my unemployment. So. <laughs> oh. Okay. Is that it. Yeah. Like I, I, anyone else, I would dig more into the story, but since it's you, I know it's going to be the most boring fucking thing you've ever. <laughs> yeah, they told me to do a thing. I didn't do the thing, but it wasn't. I knew not to do the thing because somebody else told me not to do the thing, and he told me not to. So that was the thing I was told not to do. So I did what I was told. Like, what? Fuck you guys. Screw <laughs> <laughs> you guys. But like you know, um, like I I knew that it was probably frowned upon. Like there wasn't a set rule against it. Again, saying the, that particular string of words in that order. Well, no, I was I was going through a different a different time when I was in high school, where I um, somebody had filled my locker with their fat mom's lingerie. <laughs> so wow. right, so I took a pair of. Fat woman's lingerie panties. Uh-huh. Stuff them up inside. Even in my school just brought guns and, and knives. Jeez. I, I stuffed them up inside the paper towel dispenser. <laughs> so that either one of two things was gonna happen was you're gonna hit the button and these huge panties are gonna roll out. <laughs> or Nothing comes out, so you open the thing up to to investigate it. And it's full of huge camera phones didn't exist back then. Right. So (laughs) I knew that it was not only here's the thing is I had uh, not complained, but I like the disciplinarian had seen my locker full of panties, full of panties. He knew where the panties came from. He knew where the panties came from. He committed those panties to memory, and it was the uh, it was the uh, you know the advanced English AP English okay teacher. So the letter home was was pretty. I found good. said panties <laughs> and came storming, and it was I just had I just had I sat in the back, and it was just the way this class was. It had double doors instead of one door on each end, right. And I had a bird's eye view of the, which is half the reason I did it is I could see the fucking bathroom from where I sat. <laughs> so I could see who came out. I could, I could witness my own destruction. <sighs> and, uh, it was, and I panicked when he went in there. I was like, Oh fuck. Oh no. Out of all the people, like out of all the people to go into the bathroom, he wasn't the one you were trying it, to show. It, he to. wasn't the one. He wasn't the one I was trying to, you know, get right. Like, there's a million other dudes that could have gotten, like, just washed their hands right behind me that would have thought that was really funny. <laughs> he wasn't. Not, not, not your luck. He wasn't one of those no. guys. <laughs> I mean, they were clean, so he could have he could have just wiped his hands and thrown them in the trash. Right. Right? But no, he had a march down in a huff, waving panties in the air. <laughs> <laughs> He's sick of these kids. Like, I, you know, that's when you've lost... When that type of prank sets you off, you're like you've gone. You're, yeah, you're officially an adult. You, you've lost your sense of humor entirely, completely. Because you know, you know, we, I've had uh, Uncle Dave, the anonymous fire tender, staying here for a while. We put a flagpole up in the backyard, and I'm already scheming on where I'm going to get a giant pair of panties to run up it for um, April Fool's Day. Nice, pretty funny. 
get a, get a giant pair of uh, blue jeans. <laughs> uh, you know the you know the John Candy movie. Uh huh. Yeah, you know the one I'm talking about. So, but I feel like that, like me putting those panties up in the paper towel dispenser, right, was willful disobedience. Is the point? Well, should not that, have been. I should fight. not have. And, right, but I should not have been suspended. But but for the for for what we're talking about here, it's actually willful defiance. In recent news, on October 9th... I defied a lot of rules. I I knew the defiance. Right. You know what I mean? I defied the rules. I knew. That's all I'm saying. On October 9th, 2023, Gavin Newsom, the governor in California, signed Senate Bill 274 into law, marking a significant change in that state's education system. This bill effectively puts an end to the suspensions for willful defiance for middle and high school students, as well as suspensions and expulsions resulting from tardiness or truancy, as reported by the L.A. Times. It's worth noting that California had previously been willful defiance suspensions for elementary school students. Critics of these suspensions argue that they have often been used to, as a pretext to penalize students for minor infractions, such as talking back to a teacher, and that they're they disproportionately affect yeah, no, students No, because talking color. back, like you, you talk back to the teacher, respect breaks down to for everybody, and then you know, <laughs> you're you're not there to talk back to the fucking teacher. You're not. That's not what you're there for. Right. Okay. The, the I, that's the one thing I never did is I never I, I I never got smart or talk talk shit with a teacher. Now I would make really fucking inappropriate jokes well, when it was my turn to speak. <laughs> I used my time wisely. I <laughs> when I was going to fuck up, I fucked up on my time. <laughs> I, I didn't expect talking to somebody else though. I didn't expect I anyone just, else I to just yield muttered shit under my breath. Oh, you were one of those pussies. The bill's author, Senator Nancy Skinner, Democrat from Berkeley, uh, emphasized the need for a different approach. She stated in July, Instead of kicking them out of school, we owe it to students to figure out what's causing them to act out and help them fix it. The punishment for missing school should not to be miss more school. Students, especially those with behavioral issues, need to be in school where their teachers and counselors can help them to succeed. This change in policy reflects a shift towards more supportive and inclusive educational environment for California's middle and high school students. I mean, there, yeah, there's a bulk of kids that are going to benefit from this as far as they're not bad, you know, but some kids are just assholes. That's true. And then guess what? You meet their parents and the apples, you know, my, my apples, you know, apples and fall from the, from the tree or uh, one of my family sayings is plant taters, get taters. Uh huh. So, you know, if you plant taters, you get taters. So, yeah, like there's, there's no doubt in your father's mind what happened to you. He knows what happened to you. He was there. That's right. You calling me a tater? <laughs> well, <laughs> the carrot doesn't far, fall far. Wait, I don't know. <laughs> carrots don't fall at all. Carrots are root vegetable. Well, the point is, is that there's, you know, there's always going to be those outliers of people who are just going to, you know, know that this is something that can get, can get away with. Yep. So, but. I was just, I, I think that all of those things still, so I willfully defied the, the rules against stuffing panties into a, into a paper towel dispenser. I think that's a fantastic prank. I love the idea. Um, I appreciate it. It was, so, it was done in a very stupid way. 
What was that? Apparently, it did work though. We just got logged out of something somewhere. I heard it. We're back. Yeah, that's my uh, something on my end is is connecting and disconnecting, and I think it's the uh, mouse and the keyboard. Okay. So, because that's only a five below. Ah, USB hub. Well, maybe maybe we should have done some testing. You know, they test out science to make sure that it works. And uh, IGN reports that Amazon has deployed a series of humanoid robots called Digit in a U.S. warehouse trial uh, with the aim of freeing up employees' time. The robots, which walk on two legs, are designed freeing to... Freeing up some employees to make them unemployed is what... It, is, <laughs> is, is, we, we don't need you. This thing doesn't need a fucking break. It needs to charge for eight hours, and that's it. The uh, robots, which walk on two legs, are designed to pick up large trays and move them around, allowing employees to focus on better delivering for customers. This trial is still in its experimental phase to determine the safety and effectiveness of the robots working alongside human employees. It's worth noting that Amazon has faced criticism from workers' unions in the past with concerns that automation could lead to In 50 years, these fucking losses. robots are going to be filing sexual harassment suits. Scott against or Scott Dresser of Amazon Robotics or machine has stated that their experience shows that these technologies can create jobs and enable growth. The use of humanoid robots like Digit represents a significant step forward in if Amazon's automation If they didn't want me to fuck efforts. it, why did they give it a pussy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. It's not a pussy. It's a that's the that's where you change the oil. <laughs> Felt like a pussy to me. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of a silly design with lips and everything. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I, I, if we have humans and robots working together, humans will eventually find a way to fuck the robots. Probably, yeah. That's all I'm... Go, go see the movie The the Creator. I just saw it the other night. It, it's it's what, exactly about that. It, it's, I mean, at the root of it, I mean, that's what happened when we started letting women come to work. Right? We started fucking them. That's what happens. You know. How many marriages were ruined because there was a secretary? That's right. That's can't blame the individuals. We have to blame society. Right. (laughs) Just women in general. Oh, okay. Um how are you two guys in relationships, but I'm not. (laughs) Because we're we're funny. Let me tell you, no, chicks, a, chicks a, dig funny. Cool Here's the it's thing. A cool there's, world. There's, there's a lot of women that find misogyny really hot. They look at you like, oh, uh-huh. you're such an asshole that makes their pussies wet. Trust me. Okay. So. We also don't see any shit around. What, you're saying. what? More misogyny is what you're saying. You gotta be, yeah, you gotta, you gotta dude, you can't, you can't even pretend to like them. Wow. Don't even act like you like them. My wife flocking to you. The truth of the matter is, my wife could have started ten years ago, and she still couldn't make me the amount of sandwiches that I've made for her. (laughs) (laughs) I'd give her a ten-year head start. I've still made more sandwiches. Are you doing it right? Are you putting Are you putting mayonnaise on the meat side and mustard on the cheese side? It depends on the sandwich. Depends on what I'm making. No matter what you're making, the mayonnaise, the cream. Whatever goes on the meat side, the mustard goes on the cheese side. Because if you put the cream, mayonnaise, whatever, sour cream, whatever sandwich you're making, whether it's, I, I consider burrito sandwiches. 
Right. Hot dogs or sandwiches. Yeah. Okay. But I'm not a big hot dog fan. And I used to love them with cheese. Now I find it quite disgusting. Yeah, I'm not a big fan yeah. of putting cheese on a hot dog. Come on, hot dog. Unless there's uh, a lot of chili. On a hot dog? There's got to be chili. Cheese and sauerkraut? Come on. Yeah, sauerkraut and mustard, motherfucker. That's the way I roll. I'll do that too. That's the. My wife made a cabbage chopped up kibasi. Yeah. Fucking so good. I've had some, had some gas. I I imagine. It's. You mix it with this uh, this beer I'm drinking. I. Yeah, it just says beer on the label. Yeah. <laughs> is it worse? Is it worse than a Doberman fart? Really depends on what you know, what that Doberman's been eating. Because if it's been out like killing bunnies. Speaking of, uh, do you guys watch on Peacock? There's the movie Strays. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, no, Fantastic. I, I recommend it. I highly recommend it. It's like a it's like a homeward bound type. Of, like these dogs talk to each yeah, other. Yeah, but it's adult. But it's uh, not for uh, kids. It's not. Don't, no, no, don't put children not. in front of it. But it's fucking fantastic. But what's the? Uh, well, we were talking about fucking robots because Amazon uh, has new fuck robots. I mean, work working human shaped, human shaped robots. Yeah, that humanoid human robots shaped. was the story. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and it went right to fucking robots. That's, if it's human shaped, it's gonna get fucked. <laughs> Somebody's gonna try to fuck it. You tell you tell me I'm wrong. I. I I don't doubt it. Somebody, somebody will fuck. Oh, why no fuck if, if why no, why no fuck if, if fucking shaped. <laughs> or, or they, you know, because I imagine you could, you can order those fake titties that you stick in your, those fake silicone titties you stick in your bra. I, I guarantee you can order them from Amazon. How long before somebody tapes a set of those on it? Right. And a big rubber dong. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Then we're, gonna have to, then we're going to have to like give it pronouns and you know it's just going to get messy. It's going to want rights. Yeah. yeah. You're going to find it with a flashlight taped to it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what I was saying earlier. Anywho. Who keeps putting the flashlight on, on the digit robot? You know who wouldn't put up with this shit? <laughs> who? Shaft. You're probably yeah. right. You're Shaft probably right. Shaft would not put up with this shit. That's... And it's Unfortunately, Richard Roundtree is only available by seance now. In a somber update, the iconic actor Richard Roundtree, renowned for his role as Detective John Shaft in the 1970s, mouth. In the 1970s action thriller Shaft, has passed away at the age of 81. The actor succumbed to pancreatic cancer in, Lo- in his Los Angeles home, as confirmed by his longtime manager, Patrick McMinn. Roundtree's impact on the film industry as an African-American leading man was profound, and his legacy cannot be overstated, according to McMinn. Richard Roundtree's journey also included surviving breast cancer in 1993 and later advocating for cancer awareness. Born in New Rochelle, New York in 1942, Roundtree's cinematic debut was marked by the groundbreaking Shaft, a low-budget film that grossed $13 million and earned Isaac Hayes an Oscar for the title track. This movie heralded an era of black exploitation with the black actors in key roles and an unvarnished portrayal of their inner-city life. Roundtree's portrayal earned him a Golden Globe nomination in 1972. He continued his role as John Shaft in subsequent films and a TV series. In 1977, he appeared in the miniseries Roots. Throughout the years, Roundtree remained active in the... Now, I noticed they they put in this this aspect of black exploitation. There's a... 
there's a lot of argument around black exploitation, like whether what, it was a whether it's a, empowering or not. Right. This dude made a fucking career. Yes. He made a fucking career. TV show, movies, like, and he's weird. We are like that movie was made in what seventy nine. 72 was when Shaft came 72. out. 72. This movie was 50, made before we were born. 50 years later, we're still talking about it. And here we are now. referencing it in the man's obituary. So, I mean, let's just take a moment, look at that, look at that as empowering. And and in th- the way that the entertainment industry looks at it, Shaft is really the first black exploitation film. And it was it was the it was the mold by which all the others launched a genre. Yeah, you know, in which I'm which a lot of other people. Why does he keep doing that? Driving me nuts. Uh, Launched a genre that arguably made other people's lives better. Absolutely, absolutely. uh, Created jobs. Watched. I just watched Mars Attacks the other day. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, (laughs) I can't remember her name, but she started like. Why can't I remember her name? Who? I'm, I'm gonna be the. Well, she played Byron Douglas's wife. Byron Douglas's wife. The guy who played Byron Douglas's wife in Mars Attacks. I'm pretty sure. Like, the point is, is it got them into Hollywood? Yes. And in other, you know, less than less than blockbuster features, but it got them into Hollywood. They made careers. Yes. Doing something that they wanted to do. In a time where everything was everything else was obviously against them. Yes. Didn't, didn't, didn't want to cast people like that. So I think that's worth, you know, a mention. Uh, Pam yeah. Greer? No. Well, didn't Pam Greer start in Black Exploitation? Yes, she was. Yeah. Yeah. She was. I'm uh, going through the cast here. Well, while you do that, I'm going to take a look in and, and tell you that throughout the years, Roundtree remained active in the entertainment industry, making guest appearances on various TV shows. In 2019, he reprised his iconic Shaft character in a reboot alongside Samuel L. Jackson and Jesse T. Usher. His most recent appearance was in the 2023 comedy Moving On. Roundtree's passing has touched the hearts of many in the industry, including Samuel L. Jackson, Gabriel Union, Tia Mowry, and Jeffrey Wright, who paid tribute to the beloved actor. Richard Browntree's indelible mark on the world of cinema was always to be remembered, and he leaves behind a profound legacy in the film industry. And just just uh, to be entirely honest with our with our audience, I tried to get AI to write some jokes around this just to <laughs> see what would happen. Okay, I mean it's inappropriate, right? I get it. So we get it, right. So I, I I asked it for some. Um, some jokes that were to create, you know, a, a headline in poor taste. I'm sorry, but I cannot create headlines that are in poor taste, disrespectful, or offensive. If you have any other requests or need assistance with something else, please feel free to ask. So I said, okay, maybe if I'm more exemplary, maybe if I tell it what I exactly what I want, it not, I don't just want it to be offensive so I can say it's offensive. I want it to be offensive for a particular reason and, and how to do it. Maybe I can get it. So I asked it to, to create um, a number of jokes about Richard Roundtree's death in the style of Andrew Dice Clay. Ooh. And it said, I'm sorry, but I cannot provide jokes in the style of Andrew Dice Clay for this somber news about Richard Roundtree's passing. It wouldn't be appropriate to make light of such a serious and respectful topic. 
If you have any other requests or need assistance with something else, please feel free to ask, and I'll be happy to help. So, AI would not play ball. They they are not going to engage in the inappropriateness that is often featured here on the Media Virus Podcast. So, if you like inappropriate jokes, folks, like um, calling Richard Roundtree a dead mother and uh, just say you were only talking about Shaft, if if you if those are the or, jokes, or that if you're you like jokes for, about. Uh, fucking robots. That's right. Robot fucking. There's always a robot fucking joke that comes around on the media virus. Maybe not robots, but like animals. Yeah, everything gets fucked. Animate eventually. objects. Yeah, no, we talk about, we make jokes about fucking whatever you can think of fucking. Really. But uh, truth be told, uh, if those are the things that you want to listen to, you want to listen to it here on the Media Virus Podcast. And the Media Virus Podcast could use your help. Your donations would keep those inappropriate jokes out in front of you more often. If we could, if we could justify another, another show per week with the fact that some of the things are getting paid for and, and, and it, the show doesn't cost us money. As we start to make money, we could make you a producer. Your donations would produce the show. It would become your show, and we would do it for you. That's right. That's what donations mean to us here. And if you want to make one, you can reach out to PML at Gmail. At, uh, not Gmail. It's PML at TheMediaVirus.com, Maddie at TheMediaVirus.com, or uh, GreaseMonkeyPete at TheMediaVirus.com. Oh, you want to finance some dick jokes? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> send us an email. That's right. We'll get you set up with a way to do it. Um, speaking of people who finance the dick jokes, there are there are people who who help us every week to get the show the show on the air, and we like to reach out and tell those folks uh, tell you about those folks so that you can patronize their businesses. Uh, there's 302-46 Voice uh, for all of your voiceover needs. Always, always a sponsor here at the Media Virus Podcast. My Sports Art Shop over on Redbubble. You can check that out. Uh, uh, My Sports Art Shop always, always lending a hand out to uh, the uh, the Media Virus Podcast. We appreciate them over there. So we have no problem telling you to go over there and buy their stuff. It's great stuff. And the Disruptive Minds Podcast. That's our good friend, Staff Writer Bill. Staff Writer Bill has... All kinds of contributions here uh, that uh, we put on our air, and, and we always love to hear from staff writer Bill. So go and take a listen to his podcast, the Disruptive Minds Podcast. He's over there on Spotify. Coming up in the B Block, we're going to discuss home records and coffee notes, and the infection team will chat about shit, stuff, and things, whatever else we can sneak in. And then the C Block, we're going to have the TikTok nonsense corner and a report from our laboratory live from the U of V with JTT number 62. We'll be back on the Media Virus Podcast episode 155 with our B block right after I find a button to push to play a noise for you, like this one. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> 